This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. That's right. Get pumped. <clears throat> Damn. When I have a big booming broadcasting voice to start out, and it was shit. Try this again. <clears throat> Let's get pumped, everybody. Smoke out. <laughs> Shelly and SJ. Uh, we do have a subscriber, Mark. I don't think he wants to be on camera. Uh, so he's right there, chilling. But uh, if you do want to be on camera, Mark, just let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to pull your square down because, you know, it takes away from all of this. was really the, the moneymaker of the show. We do have the private chat. So if you want to say something, Mark, ask a question, any of that stuff, shoot them in the private chat as we chill and smoke out. As of course, Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ, the interactive video show where you can subscribe and be a part of the show as Mark is tonight. Chill with us while we record the show. You can be on camera. You can just be on audio. You can just be in the chat room. Whatever you want to do to chill with us, less than a dollar a week, as you can see scrolling along the bottom, channelattitude.com. This is episode, what is this, 56 slash 13, 56 overall, 13 episodes for channelattitude.com exclusively, as you can also see now scrolling, as I did to the scroll at the bottom. I'm Stanner Jesus. She is Shelly Martinez. You want to know more about either one of us, check out ShellySJSmokeOut.com. Has the links to the Twitter and the Instagram and our websites as well. If you want to know more about either one of us, I do check the links out there now and then to see who's clicking on what. And since we started the website, Shelly's website has always had more clicks than my website. People want to know more about Shelly than me, and that's fine. I'm not bitter at all, as long as you're watching and subscribing and chilling with us. Shelly. How are you doing this week? I see you have your Star Trek shirt on. I'm rocking a Scarface tonight, so it's a good a good mix. Well, today's Star Trek Day, so happy Star Trek Day to all my Trekkies out there. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, but um, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, after the show, I'm going to head on down to this really cute brewery that I go to, and they're having a whole celebration for Star Trek Day. And they brought in a bunch of Star Trek-themed pinball machines. They're going to have food trucks and all kinds of good stuff, some prizes. So I'm excited to go. It'll be awesome. Is William Shatner going to be there? Oh, my God, imagine. <laughs> I would love to be shat on in person. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you know, you know have enough dough. Uh, you can get me to do pretty much anything. The convention, uh, you know, whatever. They should have... Uh... Should have thought about that. I'm sure though George, like George Takei is probably available. <laughs> oh, he gets on my nerves. I do not like him. Like, why? Why is in everything he's in, he always has to do his oh my. Ugh. I know that's his thing, but I just want to slap him when he does that. <laughs> Definitely gonna work on that catchphrase. Um, the uh if you tuned in last week, uh, you know that the giveaways aren't going well. The giveaways are still not going well. The person who I emailed now, two weeks ago, the winner of the great water piece, the water pipe from the bong, whatever you want to call it, from Next Bardo, they have not gotten back to me. If you're watching this, check your email, man. It's, uh, I think, damn, I already forgot his name. It would help if I knew his first name. And I could say it on the air, and then he would know better, but I forgot it already. Yeah, I forgot too. And the person who won the 10 minutes with Shelly, that's been even longer that they haven't responded. So I don't know. I was thinking about, well, we, we should do another giveaway, but why? I mean, what's, why? Why bother? What's the point now? We're just, you know, we're just hurting our own egos and hurting ourselves. 
with this rejection, this constant rejection from these people. That's what happens when you get mixed up with me. I told you this. That's right. I can feel it. I'm a career ender, you know. I just all the the washed upness that is in within me, you know. You're guilty by association, so that's that's your choice. I've warned you many times. That's right. It's too late now. People know now. That. Now oh. you're going down with the ship, man. <laughs> um, speaking of going down with the ship, uh, we do do some wrestling news here every now and then, and uh, of course, huge wrestling news in the world. This week, the whole CM Punk, Young Bucks, Melee, many suspensions. Apparently, shit's falling apart at AEW. You know, I don't know if, uh, if Tony Khan's losing control of what's going on over there or if he can right the ship. You know, it seems to be a bad time with Triple H taking over WWE. Their ratings going up. So, uh, I saw you did the uh, the YouTube video, Shelly, about thinking that this was a work. Uh, a couple days later, do you still think so? No, because I have some inside sources, very reliable inside sources. There you go. And it is not a work. It is all 100% real. Um, I still feel that there might be, if they try to fix it, <coughs> let, me, let me rephrase that, a way that would be smart on their part to try to fix it would be to get people on board, I feel, to somewhat make it an angle, but it absolutely isn't. And what's really, here's, because you know everything's all about me. <laughs> what really pissed me off is when I was on um, a couple months back, the WSI shoot interviews, and mm -hmm. I talked about how I don't like punk. I used to be a huge supporter of his, and I got so much crap for it online. So much crap. And now everyone and their mom, like, hates him, and they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like mother effers. And the thing is, I do get it to an extent because – the example that I used in the video that I did for WSI, um, I talked about how there was this whole hotel story that happened that surrounded my hotel room. And Punk did an interview where he talked about it, but he left my name out. He put everyone else's name in there, but he left my name out. And a lot of people were like, oh, you're being high school. Oh, this is a bad look. Who cares? And the reason why I chose that story to share is because it was a safe story in the sense of I'm not screwing up people who have confided in me different things. Yeah. Um, you know, it was safe. It was like a, a rated G, if you will, of rumor stories to tell. But it's still the reason why I still told it was kind of to show that like even something as petty as like making sure to leave my name out when it was my room, all this stuff happened in, like I thought it was pretty lame. Right. And I understand that people probably wouldn't look at it that way. But the reason why I didn't give the good juicy parts of the stories of why I don't like him anymore. And he disappointed me huge is because it involves other people who he screwed over, who've confided in me. And it is not my business to tell people their business, especially when it's not common knowledge, you know, it's multiple people. And I'm not going to sit there and like not name names, but then say their story, because again, it's not a common knowledge kind of thing. Like 
like, I don't even think people within the business know some of these stories. It's these situations that these people had with him. And when I heard these stories from the people and some of them, it really damaged part of their career or their livelihood. So that's when I was like, oh my God, like I believed in punk so effing much. Like I believed in him and I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. It was such a disappointment because I saw how the powers that be effed with him when we were in OVW. They did not, it seemed like they did not want him to be successful. Like it almost seemed like they hired him just so they can control that he doesn't become successful somewhere else. That's how it seemed. And I'm not the only person who felt that way. So when he like became this huge star and then he did this whole, the whole infamous Colt Cabana um, promo on TV where they cut his mic off. Mm -hmm. Like that was huge. And I was like, hell yeah. Knowing all the stuff behind the scenes that was going on. I was like, dude, that's freaking punk rock right there. And that's the thing that kind of bothers me now with everything going on is all of these fans think they know what they're talking about, but they aren't from the business. They aren't, people behind the scenes they don't know the full story about different things and i get it people like the internet is for people to have their opinion and that's cool but it's almost like they're it pisses me off because i t if i tweet something and then i get flagged because it's misinformation it's like these fans are doing misinformation because they don't know the business i don't care how long of how many years you've been a fan you're not part of the business. I don't care if you read the dirt sheets. You're not part of the business. I am somebody that was a part of the business. I am somebody that still talks to people who are so famous in wrestling that are still part of the business. So when I open my mouth about things, I know what I'm effing talking about. Like, and I share that. So to give people insight of why I am the way I am. Like when I shared that the shoot interview, uh, everyone I talked about on there, it wasn't for me to blast them. It wasn't for me to like smarten the fans up. It was, this is why I am the way I am. This is why I won't go back to wrestling. This is why I have my opinions that I do about wrestling. And that's it. Point blank. Like those are my receipts, I guess. So it's so annoying that I got so much shit for talking so badly about punk and now everyone is up in arms and they're like, he should be fired, blah, 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 all this. And I'm just like, mother effers. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like you're fair weather fans. If you think he was so awesome to where you came after me online, where's your loyalty? Why can't you put yourself in a situation? Like when he went off recently, cause this is what happened. On Monday, when everything started circulating, I saw on my timeline on Twitter, somebody had retweeted a part of the, I don't know if it was a press conference or whatever that he was a part I'm of. I'm going to play a, a clip, it's about a four and a half minute clip here with like the, the meat of the, the press conference. It was great. It was a great rant. And when he went off on Cabana, it was nothing new to me. Like Cabana, I don't know the full story. And I used to be cool with Cabana. I used to be friends with him. I don't know the full story, 
But when everything went on years ago, that was around the time that my opinion of Cabana changed. And when all this stuff with him and Punk came out, it validated that I was probably right in my change of opinion on Cabana. And it broke my heart because I used to tell Cabana that I was so jealous of his and Punk's relationship because in wrestling at that time, a lot of people that I thought I was really, really tight with, like friends to the end, homies, as soon as I like started stepping away from wrestling or not being involved in it as much or whatever, they wanted nothing to do with me because they couldn't gain anything off of me. So when I would tell Cabana, like if you and Punk ever have a falling out, I give up on wrestling friendships, like, cause they were so effing tight. So when all that stuff came out years ago, I was like, Oh my God, no, like, no, these were the BFFs, like, no. And then more stuff kept coming out and all this. And then I had my insiders telling me other stuff that wasn't out there on the internet. And I was just like, no, dude, no, like this is Cabana and, and, and punk and punk and Cabana. Like, no. So when he went off, I'm not here to say if it was wrong or right, because I don't know the situation. Cause I read online, like some people are saying that Cabana was brought up in that press conference and some people are saying he wasn't. So I don't know, but I can understand his rawness and his emotion because it's not just, and like some people are like, Oh, something that happened so long ago. He's bitching about. It's like, no dude, they were effing homies. Like, and Cabana would not be where he is today with his podcast. If it wasn't for punk. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing I was jealous of back in the day when, because I was podcasting before Cabana was. And so when Cabana was podcasting and he blew up with his art of wrestling, I was so jealous, not like a hater jealous, but just like, damn, I wish that somebody that I, I was tight with in the business would do that for me on my podcast. Like you're so blessed to have a good friend like that, you know? So I guess maybe not jealous is a bad word. Envious. I was envious. I was like, man, like that's so cool. A punk, like he really, put him on the map with his podcast and let's like cabana in a way almost became more so known for his podcast than wrestling for, for a while there you know and then that just launched all these different things he was doing like five dollar wrestling and all the like he thrived off of this podcast which created all this other stuff so i could totally get why Punk was so upset. Now, as far as the Young Bucks go, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny because we always goof on the Young Bucks on here. And we were just last week talking about the Young Bucks. So it's so funny that the very next week, all this stuff came out. And when I was talking to my source, they just told me that based on the things that punk had said about them, that's why they went to confront him. So like, I still don't really have an opinion about the whole young bucks thing because I don't know, like if it was like, boom, 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 Hey, get out here. Da, da, da. Like, but I don't know how it all feel started. like they kicked down the door. Like if they did that, that'd be, that's kind of fucked up. And so it's like, there's all these different stories out there. And so I don't know which one's fact. So I can't have an opinion 
on all of that, like the Young Buck stuff yet, but I did find it super interesting that we continuously <laughs> goof on them and they're totally involved. Apparently one of them, <clears throat> from the reports I've seen, one of them, I guess it was Nick, got knocked out by a chair. Apparently Ace Steel was, you know, just throwing a fucking fit and hit one of the Young Bucks with a chair. He bit Kenny Omega. All kinds of shit was going down. Like I said, I did hear some reports that they kicked down his door, like his dressing room door when he wouldn't come out, which for them, especially to be like in like upper management positions, it's like a fucked up thing to do. But uh, what's interesting is when um, when CM Punk first came to AEW, it was one night he was doing commentary with like JR and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, I guess. And uh, there was a six man tag and Cole Cabana was one of the people in the, in the match. And from what I remember, Punk, he made comments on the match about everyone else, but he didn't allude to Colt Cabana. He didn't, he acted like he wasn't even in the match. He didn't mention anything he did or didn't do or whatever, which is kind of weird. And then I guess at some point people accused punk of pushing Colt Cabana or having Tony Khan push Colt Cabana to ring of honor because he didn't want him to work there anymore, which uh, punk denies and Tony Khan denies but apparently, I guess Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were like saying some shit to the people they know in the press about, you know, how they kind of thought it was true. Hangman Page, I guess, made a comment during a promo about him being for workers' rights. And, you know, he guesses he's not. And then Punk like called out, out Page during a promo, which he wasn't supposed to, and Page wasn't even there, uh, and talked some shit. And then after All Out on Sunday night comes this gem of a press conference. It was like a 23 minute press conference, but this is the, the cool five minutes. From what I gather, I don't think it's on this tape on this recording, but I, from what I gather, someone asked him about Cole Cabana and the rumors that he pressured Tony Khan to kind of like send Cole Cabana to ring of honor. And, uh, well, this is how punk responded. Hmm. Okay. So you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? So you're not friends with him. Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself, if you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. Um, I haven't had anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade, probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time and this is a fucking business. Uh, why I'm a grown ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top, okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. 
And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to, go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Fuck the Pittsburgh Penguins. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? I made it really clear in Forbes, and I just want to make it clear again. Nick, it's when not his position to make it very fucking clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. Okay? I paid his bills. Until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault, and I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I appreciate fault. I should have just I'm, taken a head on because you never said it. But I'm trying to run a fucking business. And when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million-dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies. Right. I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled. And you saw what I had to do, which was very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. So apparently the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega did have a fucking problem with him. And they did want to take it up with him. But apparently he wasn't interested in that and somewhere or the other they came together in his locker room and shit at the fan obviously the evps he's talking about are the bucks and omega so um i don't know it's a great it's a great press conference that's for sure well here's the thing the punk that i saw in that video is the punk i knew always mm -hmm. so and he's always been somebody that has gotten heat for being himself whether it's stories of back in the day or it's stories about him um i think he talked about it in his dvd that wwe put out where he like ripped up like a script or something that the um writers in wwe gave him mm -hmm. like he that's always how punk has been like so whether you like him or not, whether you agree with what he's been doing or not, what he's been saying, I got to say that he's consistent in his behavior and how he is and how he presents himself. Um, again, I feel that 
he had Cabana's back so effing much. Like, for what I understand, he let he lived at his house with him for a while there, and like he was always trying to help him once he became a star and it always stood out to me because there was people that at one point I even lived with. So I thought they were truly my homies, but as soon as they became like somebody on television, they couldn't be bothered with me. Some of them moved to LA, never say a word to me. Like, so that's another reason why I put punk on such a pedestal for so freaking long because I saw how he treated Cabana and not just my own personal experiences, but other people that I've known or I've just seen with my own eyes. When people are buddied up and BFF starting the business together, as soon as one person makes it, it changes the dynamic. And so it was so effing, I keep, I'll always say this, even though I don't care for punk or cabana anymore, it was so sad and it makes me sad that they are not friends. And he said it himself, like his reasons, like pretty much like his true reasons of not wanting to be friends with them anymore. He doesn't have to explain it. And I agree with that. And that's, he could sit there or he could be on other interviews or do whatever and spill the beans and say, well, this is why. This is why. And he doesn't. He just says what he knows, everyone knows, which is this whole lawsuit thing, whatever. And so the thing with the Bucks, did it happen before this conference or after? Do you know? uh, after. It was like right after. Apparently Punk, uh, Punk goes back to his dressing room and omega and the bucks and i guess like the dudes that hang out with them like the dude with the headset and like the other dude that has the camera for the being the elite vlog and sprays them with the shit he's like he, they were all there they all got suspended yeah i said there's a <clears throat> i guess a lot depends on whether or not the bucks actually did kick down the door or they were let in and then you know i guess it's a steel dude he went fucking nuts and not I, from what some reports I heard, Nick Jackson was knocked out by a chair. He got hit in the eye with a chair. Um, Kenny Omega was bit by a steel. So, I don't know. Apparently, it was uh, it was some crazy shit. I guess um, Tony Khan's hired some third party to do a full investigation, and shit's really um, just really been going down over there since Cody Rhodes left. Basically, I mean, shit's kind of gone downhill. There's been backstage fights and. Rumors of morale being bad and people being pissed off and asking for releases. And now WWE looks like a place they might want to work again, a lot of these people. So, and Triple H has been bringing back a ton of people that were released by WWE. So, for a lot of them, it looks like, you know, hey, you know, Cody did well going over until he got injured. So, they may want to also. I pay. wonder what's going on in the mind of Tony Khan because up until that conference and again i don't follow this stuff i just see what like people that i follow will like post on twitter that's pretty much my like that's even how i saw that video with punk is because of a retweet of that video um i've always said that he's creeped me out and rubbed me wrong 
and just looks all like whatever. But that was the first time I saw him like look vulnerable, I guess you would say. He looked very vulnerable. He looked very concerned. And in a way, like for lack of a better term, it's almost like he's like, shit, all the fun and games is over. Like this is getting real kind of vibes. And especially now that I know that it's not a work for sure. And seeing that video, because I only saw it the one time, which was on Monday. So this is my second time seeing it. So it's really interesting, his body language. And um, the video I saw, I think maybe it was even cut up because I didn't see Punk interrupt him when he was trying to talk. I didn't see that before. And I didn't realize that. (laughs) That's a weird thing for a boss to just like sit there and take, I guess. But... I guess most people feel that, you know, he needs to get control of the ship before, you know, shit spins out of control like WCW or any other number of, you know, promotions that he lost control of. I guess <clears throat> since he's spending his dad's money, um, maybe his dad may be pressuring him to, like, get shit together. Um, there's been rumors that the new merger between um, Warner and Discovery or whatever, they might be looking at, you know, not want to continue AEW if it's not doing well or having problems so knows as people have said the honeymoon is over and here's the thing it also makes me wonder if like the way i looked at it because again i'm not trying to talk crap or anything it's just i don't know much about aew except that a lot of people that i really like like orpio sky got a good shot and now they're on tv and i always felt they should be on tv so like Like, I thought it was a really good thing, but, um, my, my vibe towards it always was no offense, but Tony Khan's just a mark for wrestling, wanted to play Vince McMahon. And I'm wondering now if some of the talent always looked at it that way, because when punk talks over him. It's almost like a, okay, shut up. I'm talking now kind of vibe. It's like, you know, no, no, I'm talking now. So just shut up. And so I wonder if this whole time the boys have always kind of looked at him that way. Like, oh, he's just the money mark. And that's why we're on TV and blah, blah, blah. Um, And I never really thought of it like that before. It was just, like I said, my kind of opinion but seeing that now for the second time, it just makes me wonder if that's why things have gotten so out of hand because people have been there for a while. They're comfortable. They maybe look at him as just the money mark. And maybe it took them a while to like really see like, oh yeah, dude, he's just the money mark. And that's why there's like this, level of no respect there kind of thing because there's no way in hell punk would do that to freaking vince mcmahon there's just no way there's no way (laughs) like you know and i don't even think he would maybe even do that to jeff jarrett back you know if he was in tna and he was sitting there with jeff jarrett i don't think and then what's interesting too about this is it's made me think about I think I was in OVW when this happened or maybe very new on TV. No, I think I was in OVW. 
I remember Booker T got into a fist fight with Batista. And that's why, like, when I did this video on you, my view, excuse me, my YouTube video talking about is it a work or not? I was like, you know, people fight. Because like being that I've been on the other side and I am in, was in the business, sometimes people get in fist fights at shows and you just kind of let them, it's kind of like guys, okay? There's a difference between guys and girls. Girls, they don't just like get in a fist fight and then they're like, okay, and they got it all out. Guys, they'll do that. They'll just like, they got to just beat someone's ass or get their ass beat and they kind of just move on. So... I just kind of didn't really, and I still feel this way, feel like, okay, whatever. You're pissed. You went and got in a fight. Let's move on. And so I don't know if it goes back to the maybe lack of respect that's in that locker room. Because I feel like when the whole thing with Booker T and Batista happened, and that's not the only fight, but that's just the one of my era that like stood out, you move on. And then when I was on TV, I would see them in the same locker room and they weren't sitting there talking shit or like throwing looks. It's kind of like, okay, we already did that. They weren't buddies, but you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I feel if this happened in TNA or in WWE, I don't mean to say this in a negative way, but it wouldn't be so blown out of proportion. And I'm not saying who's wrong or right or whatever. I'm just saying dudes freaking fight backstage. It happens. It's happened many times. It's nothing new. And I feel part of what's blowing everything up about the situation is going back to like when we talked about the Vince McMahon thing. It's like the fans just want to know the gossip so that they can all go online and they can all talk about it until there's something new to talk about. Like no one's talking about the Vince McMahon thing anymore because now this is taking over. And then eventually something else will happen and the people won't really be talking about this anymore. And then they'll be talking about that. It's like at the end of the day, it's all just a bunch of gossip. He said, she said rumors, blah, blah, blah. And that's why it pisses me off that people came for me because they're the ones being high school. I was just sharing my story. <laughs> yeah. Now everybody seems to think CM Punk's an asshole. So who knew? And that's nothing new behind the scenes. <clears throat> maybe not to the fans, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of people who always thought he was an asshole. I liked him because he was an asshole, because he wasn't afraid to say how he felt, because he did call people out. And usually when you do that, you don't have a job anymore. But he built himself to what he's become to where now he's sitting in a freaking conference telling the freaking boss, oh, yeah, okay, okay. It's like, that's where we're at. And that's why I liked him so much. But it's nothing new that he's an asshole. I'll, I remember when he was dating Maria, I had an issue with Maria. And she was just being very lame about some things. And so she had like hurt her hand or something. And she had it like wrapped up. And being sarcastic, I was like, so how do you wipe your ass? And she got mad and she went and told Punk and then Punk came in the room and he was like, hey, maybe if you were watching the monitor, you wouldn't be the shits in the ring. And I was like, what? And so I was like, can I talk to you for a second? And I pulled him aside and like, 
I like told him how I felt and he just looked at me kind of like how he looked in that conference and he just goes, honestly, I think you thought we're closer than we really are. And it hurt my feelings. Like that's just the dude he is. Like he is that guy in that conference and it's nothing new. Just like Vince paying people off, nothing new. Like, Harvey Weinstein, nothing new. None of this is new, but people are thriving off the drama. And that's all it is. And that's why I kind of really, like, I'm curious, but I kind of don't care because it's just like, it's just, it's like the fans are making it last longer with the drama. And maybe that's on people like a Tony Khan who don't have control enough to work because people don't hear the stories in WWE when people get in fist fights. You know what I'm saying? Like with the Booker T and Batista thing. Yeah, it came out, but it didn't, it's, it wasn't like this. It wasn't like this whole, Oh, and this, and then, Oh, this people got involved. It was like, okay, they got in a fight. People kind of don't even know the details of how it really started unless you were there. So it's just sloppy. It's like junior high school shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the other big news today, if you're on Twitter or social media or whatever, you could not miss it, was the death of Queen Elizabeth after many, many, many years as the Queen of England. Uh, Shelly, do you have any uh, uh, insights or opinions about Queen Elizabeth? How can I say this without getting me in trouble? Oh, we're fine. You can just say it. Um, kind of in the vibe of our show last week. <laughs> I am somebody who does believe that there are secret government societies that control how things go. And with all of that and world leaders and things like that, um, I guess you could call me a conspiracy theory person if you want to label me. I just know the rituals and the shit they have to do to keep their spots. So I don't have any respect for the queen because I believe the stories about the vile things that she's done throughout her years because that's part of the gig. So yeah. it doesn't affect me either way that she's passed. I'm like, good. Like that's ugly. Like, you know, <laughs> like, but it's just kind of like, I don't care because I feel that she's done some wicked, 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 wicked things. And that was part of her job. So I really don't care. Yeah. I'm thinking if you've been in that position for that many years, you know, if there are secret groups that like control everything, I mean, she has to be part of it. I mean, you don't have that level for 70 years or whatever. And they're not, if they do exist, they're not doing great things. You know, they're not getting together to raise money for St. Jude's Hospital or whatever. They're, they're doing evil, fucking awful shit. So, um, yeah. I mean, there are people gloating on Twitter or whatever. I guess particularly like um, black Twitter and Irish Twitter or uh, who are never really fans of the colonization of the British Empire, if you will, um, are kind of gleeful, I guess. But it's... Uh, does bring up a lot of a lot of questions. Now our son uh, Charles is uh, king for however long that's going to last because he's pretty fucking old too. So 
But yeah, it's really, it's really interesting to think about what goes on in like that high level shit. You know, Freemasons or Illuminati or whatever you want to call it, Bilderbergers or you know whatever. And, um, yeah, another one gone. If that's the case. And the thing is, she was so effing old. So let's take out the dark part of it all, right? People who are like, oh, this and that. It's like, well, what do you expect? She's not going to live forever. Like, and to look at it in like the more innocent way, it should be more celebrated that she was able to have that long of a life. Not everybody has that long of a life, you know? And... It's interesting because a friend of mine, her father-in-law recently passed away and he was a hundred and they're sad. He's gone, but it's not like this like whole depressing thing because they recognize like, wow, he lived a hundred years old. Like that's amazing. And so on the lighter side of it all, I, I, mini on the lighter side of it all. She like Elizabeth, um, you know, <laughs> she was old. She was old. Like, what do you like? <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I also do understand just to be sensitive to people, especially people who maybe live in England and stuff that they do look at it differently. And not everybody is aware of the different thoughts or opinions of what goes on. And so I can't be mad at them about it, you know, but I just, I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what it would be like to be a hundred, Shelly? All the time. Like a, All the time. Are you up and at them? Do you have a scooter? What, what's, what's the situation? I think I'm up and at them. Look at Shatner talking about Star Trek Day. He's Trek. 91. Yeah. He's getting there. And even like Betty White, she was like, you know... Doing pretty damn good. I think that Shatner was doing better than her, and he's he didn't look the healthiest, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's out there going to space and, <laughs> and all this. But um, yeah, I think about it a lot, especially when I'm all guapoing out, you know, that mm -hmm. your time does expire and we don't live forever. That's the thing. And so it's like yeah, I think about it a lot. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the whole uh, like merging your consciousness with a machine, you know, <laughs> being immortal or whatever that Neuralink shit. A lot of people don't want to do it; and they don't they don't like the idea of it. But I'm fucking you know, I'm a hundred. They're like, hey, we can put your brain in this machine, and you just be this machine. You have all your memories and all your your personality and shit. I so, say, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, what's the fucking worst can happen? If it's real bad, I can still like jump off a building or whatever. <laughs> Like, this is fucking, this isn't working. <laughs> what I get creeped out about it. Oh, God, this isn't put me in a weird place. Um, you know, oh, gosh, what year was it? Um, 2008-ish, I guess. Like, I died for a little bit. And it freaked me out, man. Like, what freaked me out is not when it was happening. What freaked me out is that it happened and what I experienced when it happened. And when I was going to the light, I felt 
like this peace that I've never felt in my entire life. And I kept hearing my own voice saying, this feels so good. This feels so good. And that was what was gravitating me towards it. And what scares me after the fact is I wasn't thinking of anything else. I wasn't thinking of my sister, which was huge because one of my big anxieties is being separated from her. And that's what gets in my head when I think about my mortality is unless you're there, you, we don't know really, like we can all have our thoughts and opinions and whatever of what happens, you know, but we don't know. Even I don't know because I didn't cross over. I was just in this space and it creeps me out because I've had dreams where like my grandma who's passed, I was really tight with. She's told me like, I'll see you again in where you were in that blue room. And that freaks me out. Like it freaks me the F out. And it's like, it truly is like when they say, you can't take it with you. Like what we have going on here on, you know, in this dimension. Um, like nothing else was on my mind. Nothing except that I was in a total state of being present in this other realm that as humans, we just don't know. Like, here while well, we're here and it freaks me the f out and i just remember as i was going to the light i remember not the thought but the feeling that i had a choice which is really weird i don't know how else to explain it it wasn't like huh i have a choice to keep going or go back it was this feeling of i have a choice and then i looked down and i saw my body and the person that I was with trying to like revive me, but I didn't even know that was me. Mm. I just saw this girl and this guy and I felt sorry for the girl. I felt really, really sorry for her and it broke my heart. And then that's when I made the decision. And when I was in that place, it wasn't, Oh, I'm deciding to go back. It was my decision was to no longer go towards the light. That's it. And then next thing I knew, I like my body went, <gasps> and then I saw what I just saw. And that's when I put two and two together of like, oh my God, that was, that girl was me. And it's the guy was like, oh my God, your whole body turned gray. And he was like hugging me. And by the way, I love that he didn't even call the police or the paramedics or anything. He was an actor. So I wondered if like, <sighs> Anyways, I'm not even going to go there, but um, it was just really weird. And so that's another, when I think about being like super old, like in a hundred or whatever, or when you hear about people about dying that are really, really old, it freaks me out because I think about that moment. Yeah, I, uh, I'm 42 right now. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a hundred. That's 58 more years. I feel like this now. <laughs> progressively worse for the next 58 years. I mean, that's 16 more years than I've already lived. I don't know. I, don't know. I think there's going to come a point where I must be like, this is, uh, this is not worth it anymore. You know, enough things shut down. If I use uh, the use of enough things, I guess a scooter would be cool. 
Especially by then, everything's going to be handicap accessible. There's nowhere you're going to you know, be able to get a, a big ass scooter. So, you know, I guess there's perks, but no, I seem super old. Well, see, for me, I feel hopeful for myself because when I was younger and even like not too long ago, like eight years ago or whatever. That was the first time I felt like really good about myself. Like when I was like, let's say in WWE, I totally had body dysmorphia and I wasn't taking good care of myself. Like I remember um, one of my coworkers was like, just drink diet soda and it makes you feel full. So instead of eating, I would drink diet soda all the time, but I look good. Like I like the bomb. And so I would say when I went back to the Indies the second time around, I was taking care of myself more. I was like not starving myself. I was eating way better. I was working out a lot. And then with my training and stuff. And for the first time I was like, Oh my God, I'm not fat. And like, I look the way I want to. So that was really awesome. But there was a lot of wear and tear going on because I was in wrestling. You know, you just can't, you can't avoid that. And then on top of that, going back to the Indies the second time around, eventually um, my mental health was really bad because of the disappointments of what ultimately led me to step away from wrestling and then retire. So there was a lot going on. So now that... I've worked on myself. I've healed a lot. I continue to work through my mental health. Um, I continue to work on my fitness. I definitely don't starve myself. Um, I just feel the best I've ever felt, even though I'm still working on getting that eight years ago body back. Like I feel way better about myself. And so I feel that when I'm older, I'm going to do all right. Like I used to feel like, especially when I was in wrestling, I was feeling really old because it's just the wear and tear in my body. Like it just sucked. Like some of these people that have been doing it for so long, like what's a good example? Freaking Ric Flair. You know what I'm saying? There you go right there. Or let's think of somebody that's maybe a little bit more healthier. Um, Matt Hardy. Let's say Matt Hardy. Mm. So he's been doing it for a really long time, right? He's still doing it. He does crazy stuff, him and Jeff. But Jeff, you know, maybe doesn't take care of himself so wet. So that's why I'm not going to put him in there. But, um, you know, I'm sure he still feels it. And if he were to retire, I bet you, like, he would feel so much better just because the business just wears on you so much. So... I don't know. I feel like I'd be pretty good at a hundred. I feel like I'd be one of these like peppy kind of, you know, still wearing my little bikini and <laughs> doing my thing kind of vibes, you know? Um, speaking of Ric Flair <clears throat> on, as you many, many of you know, if you watch the show, I attempt to contact many, many people about coming on the show. And um, the track record is not great. I mean, a lot of, we've had a lot of misses. In that area, and this is probably another mess, but I did because he's selling weed now. I did email Ric Flair's people about him coming on the show. So, oh, he doesn't me. like me. <laughs> Put your name in there fully. So, I do a show with Shelly Martinez, 
Smoke Out. We talk about weed. I would drop Vince Russo's name too. I don't know if he hates Vince Russo. If so, well, you know, we're over he two. He don't like me. <laughs> we'll see. Because he seems to be in a weird part of his career now where he's like, because I saw he was doing some random guy's Twitch stream. And I went and looked and he has like 2,000 Twitter followers. I'm thinking, well, shit, I'll, I'll send him an email. What the fuck's, you know, the worst thing happens, he doesn't respond, but you never know. You probably would have got a response if you didn't say that I was involved. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to give him a heart attack live on the air. No, I'm telling you, he totally, truly does not like me, and I don't like him. So, but I would be down like if he was on here. Episode. <laughs> but he's probably like, Shally Martinez, F her, no way. Like, he will not do business with me. Like, for sure will not do business with me. And that's fine. My first question would be, Rick, why do you hate Shelly so much? <laughs> he wouldn't say, I know why he does. And I don't say because it involves other people. But, um, you know, he, let's just put it this way. Somebody that I used to be really close with is somebody who's close with him. And that's the common denominator why we don't like each other. I don't like how they treat my friend. And he doesn't like the things I have to say to my friend about him. There you go. Maybe he's mellowed out though. Maybe he's uh because he's got uh he's smoking weed. All his Instagram posts now are just him smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that like you have someone like Ric Flair or RVD um out there. I would say Velvenus, but people don't like what he, he speaks his mind, so yeah. he's a hit or miss. But RVD for sure and um probably Ric Flair as well. Like they're over here total potheads and open about it and people praise them. But people like me and Valvenus, they're like burnout. It's all they do. Da, 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 da. And it's like bitches whatever. Like I've been putting out content way before Ric Flair was. So has Valvenus. RVD's been at it for a long time, so I'm not going to even go there, but like it's just so freaking funny the double standard. Like just because like Valvenus and I share our raw feelings and we don't politic or be PC about things. We're labeled as crazy burnouts, but everyone thinks it's so great that Ric Flair, da da da. Whatever, dude. <laughs> I just can't with these people. He's smoking pre-rolls on Instagram with Mike Tyson. It's a crazy fucking world. <laughs> Does he inhale at least, or is he wasting it? <laughs> a lot of like they they add like filters to it and like slow motion, and it's like you know, oh, it's Ric Flair. He's smoking a joint. It's the whole fucking production, dude. <laughs> me and Valvenus have been doing that for years. I don't want to hear it, and I bet you anything, um, Ric Flair gains so much out of doing that content where again, Val Venus and I get looked at as we're like the evil redheaded stepchildren of the internet. Like it's so dumb. Just wait till this show blows up. <laughs> Rub it in their faces. <laughs> email to Ric Flair. You want to be on our show? Well, fuck you. We're huge. <laughs> we don't need you. It's a good match. 
I would love to know. I hope somehow, some way, because information like this always comes back to me. Like it might take a while, but I would love just to throw it out there to know what his response was when he found out that you hit him up and that I was involved in it. I'm not sure what his relationship with Vince Russo is. So if he and Vince Russo don't like each other or if he doesn't like Vince Russo, I think it's even more funny because again, I've said this a couple shows back, I'm becoming the female Vince Russo. <laughs> what's he going to do say no twice? I mean, come on. So, what was that? Okay. So what's he going to do? Say no twice? <laughs> I just like to hear what he had to say. Just like a lot of these people, like I've just, for my own comedy and entertainment reasons, <laughs> would love to know, like when you were trying to get Hernandez on the show and he was like agreeing and then like stringing you along, like what was he saying behind the scenes? He's like, fuck Shelly. <laughs> like, but then yet writing you, yeah, sure. Like, what was the deal? <laughs> and uh, I know it's funny on that note. There was somebody else that was supposed to be on my roast, my birthday roast with you. Mm -hmm. And um, they totally flaked out on us. And then when I called them out on it, they were like, oh, I got my dates mixed up, bitch. Okay, sure. They have the nerve because that was like the last straw for me and this person. I mean, they were already on thin ice and that just showed me like I shouldn't feel guilty about like maybe not wanting to be friends with them anymore. And then... Um, just recently they wrote me and they're like, Hey, I just want you to know that like, whatever I did, I'm sorry. Like whatever you did, you know, the last time, like we talked was, I was disappointed in you that like, you couldn't even say, sorry, I can't make it after all. Like mm -hmm. you can't send an email or a text. You just like, don't say anything until like, I let a week go by. I was like, let's see if this fool hits me up and says anything, <laughs> nothing. So I was like, Oh, so what happened? Sorry, got my dates mixed up. Oh my god, <laughs> I just can't. Two people did that in the roast. They told me the same thing. I don't know how to use Google Calendar or some shit. So, um, Shelly, have a uh, have a great night at the Star Trek celebration. Hopefully, Shatner shows up or some lesser <laughs> Will Wheaton or somebody. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I love Will Wheaton. I would love for him to come. And uh, those of you watching, thank you for subscribing. You're awesome. If you're a giveaway winner, get your prize, man. I mean, come on. We're literally trying to give it away. Or I'm taking it. That's right. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll write the guy and say, look, just send it to Shelly. This guy's not. Because he wrote me the other day. He was like, you know, you still doing the giveaway? Did you know who won? I said, I wrote the guy who won. It was like a week and a half at that point. Now it's been two weeks. And uh, nothing. So we'll see. I'll do a photo shoot with it. That's right, really rub his face. What's that? Really rub his face in it. Like yeah. A real hot. I'll do a real hot photo shoot in it, yeah. and everyone else wins. The company can use the photos. We can post them on our our stuff. There we go. I'll give him another week. We'll record the show next week if I haven't heard from him. I'm shutting it down. I'm making an executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shelly. Have fun tonight. Be safe. All right. Adios. See you next week. Oh, real quick. Yes. Sorry. Real quick. Mm -hmm. I have an update with that woman in the car. Okay. The, so. Uh, was that last? Yeah, that was last week when Ben. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot. I wrote it down. So. 
if you don't know, you got to watch our show last week, people. I had this whole incident where this lady in the parking lot almost ran over me and my dog, uh, Chihuahua, Winnie, uh, Winnie, Minnie. And um, I went to the store because there's two stores. There's CVS and then there's this other store that's like a market. And a couple days later, I went into the market and I saw the back of this worker. And I was like, that kind of looks like the woman that was in that car. And I was like, dude, does she work here? No. And so then when I went to the car after, the same red car was in the same spot where she almost hit us. So that tells me if like, if she is the worker there, that means she parks there every time she probably works, which means she knows that there's a cart return there. Yeah. So that makes the whole thing even weirder if it's truly her. So I went by we drove by the car and then there was damage on the side of where she was checking so i took a picture of the license plate mm -hmm. and so i'm waiting to like i almost did it today but i had too many things to do but i'm gonna start doing some investigation and i'm gonna drive by there because it's not too far from me and if I see that red car parked in there, I'm going to go into that market. I'm going to find that lady. And I'm like, oh, is that your red car out there? Like the blah, blah, blah. And it is on. I am confronting her. And I'm confronting her in her workplace. And if she gets crazy on me, oh, well, it's in her workplace. So, yeah, I'm going to give you guys updates to what's going on. But I swear to you, I'm 95% sure that that late for sure it's the same car because like i said the damage was on that side yeah. and like i it's the car but i'm 95 percent sure it's that bitch that works in that market which Maybe. again makes the whole thing weirder because she had to know that that's the cart return if you confront her make sure you have someone there with you to record it absolutely video. that's that's viral shit right there Absolutely. Former wrestler Shelly Martinez throws down some old lady who almost ran her over at the grocery store. That's like TMZ level shit right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, All right. Well, I'll leave you guys with that. <laughs> Bye, Shelly. See you next week. Bye.